0: Chapter nine. Luke Chapter nine.
1: Luke Chapter nine. Let me ask you this question Have you ever hesitated? Have you ever hesitated? Have you ever been? driving your car, and you see an opportunity to get into traffic. You let your foot off the brake and begin to move it over to the accelerator, and then you think, oh, no, I can't make it, and your foot hits the brake again. And you're like, oh, maybe I still can, and your foot comes off the brake again. Nope, foot on the brake again. Nobody in the world knows what you're seeing or what you're thinking. All they see is your car ridiculously jerking back and forth. I've been there. It's humiliating, especially when your wife is sitting next to you saying, what are you doing? Hesitation, hesitation. Perhaps you've heard the saying, he who hesitates is lost. He who hesitates is lost. Hesitations happen all the time, all the time. We hesitate in traffic. We think we can make it, and then we think we can, and we're constantly hesitating. We hesitate at work. We hesitate with our kids often. We hesitate with our spouse. Uh, Maybe some of you ladies have hesitated in cooking. Maybe I should put this in here. Maybe I shouldn't. And you begin to hesitate just a little bit, just a little bit of hesitation. We hesitate with our mail. Should I throw this away or not? Anybody else in that? File 13 is a hesitation file. I'm not sure if I should put this in the garbage I might need it. I might not. If it's a bill, please don't throw that away. You need to pay your bills. We hesitate to send that encouraging text message. I don't know if I should send it. I don't know if it's going to come across the wrong way. We hesitate a little bit. Sometimes we hesitate at church. Watch people as they come in. They hit that back door and they go, oh, where should I sit? Maybe, maybe there's nowhere to sit, and so they turn around. We hesitate at church. We hesitate socially. We hesitate all of the time. All of us do. All of us has different hesitations. All of us do different things. All of us hesitate in all kinds of different areas of our lives. The original definition of hesitate comes from a Latin word that means stuck fast. Stuck fast, left undecided stuck fast or left undecided you're so stuck in something that you cannot decide there are all kinds of reasons why we might hesitate there are all kinds of reasons why we might just be stuck fast and left undecided first of all i think of fear how many of you have hesitated because of fear anybody i have absolutely i have i can just imagine the men and women of our armed forces having moments where they are frozen with fear, hence hesitating. Picture this with me. You're huddled in a landing craft, headed to the shores of Normandy. Bullets are hitting the side of the landing craft. Then the landing craft begins to scrape sand, and that ramp opens up, and all you see is guns blazing. Listen. You would be a normal human being if you hesitated with fear in that moment. But listen, if you hesitate for too long, if you hesitate for too long in that moment, and you are frozen with fear, it will mean certain death. had to get cover very quickly. So maybe it's fear number two. Maybe you're just indecisive. You're just indecisive. Sometimes we just have two options in front of us, and honestly, we just can't seem to choose we love them both, or we th- want them both, or we think they're both very important or wonderful options. We just can't choose. We're indecisive. So instead of choosing one, we just go undecided. And we are stuck fast between the two. Number three, maybe it's a lack of concern. Maybe you just don't care. You just don't care which one to choose. There's, there's really no major option. You don't care, so it doesn't make a big difference. You don't maybe even want to make the decision. And so I'm not going to choose. It's not that important to me. Number four, maybe it's just a lack of information. Well, there's two uh, ways that I could go here, but I don't really know enough about that, and I really don't know enough about this one, so I'm not going to make a decision. It's just lack of knowledge or lack of information to make a good decision. Whenever we hesitate, if we stay in that state, it's going to determine our fate. Whenever we hesitate, if we stay in that state, it's going to determine our fate. Again, if I am frozen in fear, that's going to determine my outcome in life. It's going to happen. Every one of the reasons we hesitate are normal, everyday, natural things. They are. We all feel fear, every one of us, and to certain extents or the other. I was talking to other pe- some people the other day, we were talking about birds and snakes and how every, there are certain people that just cannot stand a bird around them. Cracks me up. That, that's hilarious to me. Other people can't stand snakes. Listen, I, don't, I, I can't think of any fears like that, that, that scare me to death, but Having my children run out into traffic, as we talked about last week, that scares me. We all have fear. Every once in a while, we're all indecisive. In football, the stutter step, or basketball, a fake is good. I'm going this way, and then I turn this way. But in life, often we are indecisive in all kinds of different areas of our lives. And there are times we all have different cares. Again, we talked about last week how our, some cares are more important because of the urgency, so... Sometimes our cares are different. And there are times that we just don't have the proper information. So these are all natural things. But listen to me. Please don't miss this part. If there is one thing that we hesitate for, I want you to understand that every one of these things is fixable. Every one of these things is fixable. Every one of these things can be overcome. We don't have to stay in this state. If you're fearful... Step out and just do what you know what to do. If I'm on that landing craft and I'm fearful, what do I need to do? I need to overcome that fear and just get out of there. Do what I was told to do. If I'm indecisive, just choose. If I have a lack of concern or lack of care, start caring. If I have a lack of information, start learning. These can all be overcome. Listen, I didn't say they would be easy to overcome. I'm saying they can be overcome. An author by the name of Jason Evert said this, indecision is a decision. Indecision is a decision. So if I don't decide, that is a decision. Indecision is a decision. It leaves you doing nothing. It leaves you frozen in fear. It leaves you between two options, but never a part of one. Indecision never joins you to a mission. Indecision is a decision. You're asking yourself, hopefully, what does this have to do with Jesus? I'm glad you asked. Luke chapter 9, please, in verse 61. Luke chapter 9 and verse 61. We'll read the last two chapters of Luke chapter 9. The Bible says this, And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee. I want you to understand this. He is volunteering. Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Once again, to give you a little bit of context here, Jesus is in a crowd of people. They have just done some amazing things. Jesus, his disciples, done some awesome things. Go back to Luke chapter 9, verse 1. You can read all the way down through the whole chapter and see what God is doing, what Jesus does, and how he encourages them in the cost of discipleship. Discipleship is going to cost you something. If you will follow me, you must take up your cross daily and follow me. You must first deny yourself. And then take up your cross and follow me. And he begins to delve further and further. And now Jesus has a group of people around him. And one man comes up to him and says, Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you go. Jesus quickly gives him a lesson that this is not going to be a comfortable, easy position. Jesus then turns to another and asks him, will you follow me? The man asks to go bury his father first. Jesus coldly and insensitively shows him the weight and the urgency of the mission. And now we see the third man. This third man comes to Jesus, comes up to him and says, I will follow thee. And in somewhat of a middle ground between the first two, he says, I will follow thee. I'm going to follow. You don't have to ask me. I will follow you, but let me first go home and say goodbye to my family. Now let me ask you a question. Is it wrong to go home and say goodbye to your family? You got you to help me out here this morning, all right? It's fun to be up here all by yourself talking to people. Trust me, it's a blast. But it's way more fun if you will answer, all right? If you'll be engaged in this. Was it wrong for him to want to go home and tell his family goodbye? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It wasn't that big of a deal. The problem, however, is defined by the answer that Jesus gives. I want you to understand something this morning. Jesus can see your heart. As much as you want to tell me something, as much as you want to tell the pastor how wonderful of a person you are, and how great you've got it, and how much you love Jesus, listen, I can't see your heart. Jesus can't. And here Jesus sees the heart of this man and look what he says. Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Jesus knows something about this man. He knows that looking back will cost him a great deal. Looking back will keep him from fulfilling his mission. Now, I grew up on a farm, working on a farm. And one of the one things that I was taught in everything that we did was straight lines are important. When we ran fence, we ran a line from one corner all the way to the other so that we would have straight lines. Straight lines are extremely important even when you're planting Straight lines in a field maximize the amount of seeds that can be planted. Straight lines in a field also maximize the amount that you're able to harvest. The machines that are created nowadays are absolutely incredible. They perfectly space the plants apart from each other so that they get enough protection as well as enough room to grow. They're perfectly spaced. And if you're driving all over the field doing whatever you want, you're going to hurt that harvest. It also maximizes, excuse me, it also minimizes the time you spend in the field. The shortest distance between two points is what? A straight line. It also minimizes fuel. You might not care, but listen, at least five times when I, when I when we were doing it, at least five times a tractor hit the field. So if the first guy does not do straight lines, then every guy after them has to waste that much time and that much fuel. It's important to have straight lines. What is the best way to ensure that you're going to have straight lines? I guarantee we did not do this. We did not run a line every row. You may do that in your garden, but that's not feasible in a 400-acre field. So what do you do? First of all, you'd never look backwards. You don't look backwards. You don't look to the left hand, and you don't look to the right hand. What do you do? You pick a spot, and you drive right to that spot. On every tractor that I've ever driven, there's this little emblem that sticks up. And you put that on the spot that you want to go, and you never leave it. And guess what? Every single time you have straight lines. If you focus on that one spot. The point Jesus is trying to make here is that when you are stuck between two options, you will never accomplish anything for God. So if I'm driving a tractor and I want to hit that spot and that spot, I'm never going to get to either one of them unless I choose one. I've got to choose. From Jesus' answer here, it seems that this man was probably still really attached to his family. Perhaps he would have gone home to say goodbye to his family and in a moment changed his mind. Maybe his mom would have talked him out of it. I don't know. We don't know. Perhaps... When he hugged his mom for the last time, he wouldn't be able to handle the thought of never seeing her again. Or just not seeing her for a long time, and so he would just stay home. So fitting that we're celebrating Remembrance Day. Because listen, our soldiers did just this. Our soldiers would come home and wrap their arms around mom and kiss kiss her goodbye maybe for the last time. Our soldiers would shake their dad's hand. Dad would say, goodbye son, I'm proud of you. Knowing that he may never see his son again. Listen, I have no doubt that there were some that did not want to go. There were no doubt some that struggled with this decision that were halted between two opinions. I don't know whether I should go or stay home with my family. I know some would hug their wives and kiss their wives and get down on one knee and say goodbye to their children.
0: They had to. They gave their lives.
1: They gave their lives to get on a bus, that would take them to a base, that would put them on an aircraft, that would send them to the shore, that would put them on a boat and eventually on a landing craft and there they are with a ramp opening, staring life or death in the face, no doubt thinking about their families. They gave their lives for their families. They gave their lives for us so that we could have freedom. They gave their lives, listen, please don't miss this, for a much higher calling than their own personal preferences. Than their own personal feelings. Than their own personal time of just spending it with their family. They gave their lives for a much higher calling than being able to come home and put their feet up. They gave their lives for us They say goodbye to their families, but that did not keep them. Please understand, that did not keep them from fulfilling the mission that they were called to do. When the weight and the urgency of freedom was placed upon them, there were no casual soldiers. Men and women died for a cause so much greater than themselves. Listen, Jesus is getting to the point of the heart Jesus is calling this man, listen, I know your heart. I can see what you're struggling with. I know you want to spend time with your family. I know you want to follow me, but you need to choose. Please understand this morning that we cannot follow Jesus if we hesitate. If we are constantly between two opinions, we cannot follow Jesus. The Bible is littered with examples of this. Let me give you a few. Moses asked the people of Israel after they had made a golden calf, he said this, Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. I can imagine him grinding up that golden calf into powder, casting it on the water and standing up in front of everybody and saying, who is on the Lord's side? It's time to choose. If you know the story, the only people who came over were the Levites. One tribe out of 12. Joshua demanded the people of Israel, he said, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Choose you this day, whether the gods which your fathers served, which were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land ye dwell, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. David asked the question to the soldiers of Israel. When Goliath defied the Lord, he said this, "Is there not a cause?" Are you going to stay here in fear? Are you going to worry about that giant out there who might look bigger than you? Listen, I have the Lord. Is there not a cause? Elijah asked the people of Israel, how long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. If it bail, then follow him. And the people answered him, not a word. Blank stares. Jesus was extremely clear about this situation when he said this, No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Paul addresses it in his instruction to Timothy. No man that warreth entangleth himself in the affairs of this life. That he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. James pulls no punches when he says, A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And God finishes the thought process with how this indecision makes him feel in Revelation. He says, I know thy works. That thou art neither cold nor hot. I would, thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. And listen, I could spend hours here. Of example after example after example after example after example of people who had to make a choice, who had to make a decision. Listen, if this man would have gone home and said goodbye to his family and stayed there, he probably would have forgotten the promise that he had made to Jesus, I will follow you. Our Canadian culture is full of casual Christianity. Most of us just want to be part-time Christians. We only want to follow Jesus part-time. Listen, that's not following Jesus. You either follow Jesus or you don't. We want to come to church on Sunday. We want to put in our time and feel good about a moral message or moral teaching that we hear. and Then we leave here and we go and we do what we want. We do the things that we want for the rest of the week. Oh, and when something bad happens, sure, we'll ask God for His help, and we'll beg Him for His mercy, and hey, God, we can't handle this. Listen, the rest of the time, we've got it. The rest of the time, we're good. The rest of the time, we're just casual staff. We're all wrapped up in the luxuries that we have, and that we forget who God is. Listen, when I look at videos like this, and I had the opportunity to pick the video this year, I look through video after video after video after video of men and women giving their lives in treacherous geography. And I look at my life and literally this is where I was sitting. I was sitting on my couch with my feet up on a computer with internet. Makes me ill. I've forgotten That's why the poppy is so important. We will never forget. And so often we get caught up in our lives and what we want to accomplish that we forget that Jesus gave his life for us. That Jesus died on the cross for our sins so that we could live in freedom, so that we could spend time with our families and love them and spend time with friends and family and show them the love of Jesus Christ. But so often all we care is us. we care about is us care about what we feel, care about what we want. We've forgotten who God is. We've forgotten that we are supposed to be following him again. Perhaps this man forgot or would have forgotten. Listen, perhaps you're listening to this this morning, and you've told Jesus at some point in your life in the past, you said, I will follow you. At some point in the past you've said, "Jesus, I'm going to follow you wherever you go." But something else has come up. Another job opportunity, a family crisis. I don't know. Something has come up. And've you've you've, excuse me, you've forgotten that you made a promise to him. And I challenge you this morning to move forward on that. Can I challenge you this morning to do something about that? You might say, well I have a family now. I have a house now. I have a job now. I have a good income now. Listen, please, please don't let that stop you. You know Jesus has called you. You know he has called you. You know he has called you. Just go do it. No man having put his Hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Let me ask you this question. What today? What today? Answer this question in your mind. What today is stopping you from following Jesus? What today is stopping you from following Jesus? Is it fear? Fear of the unknown? bible says that god hath not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind so listen you don't have to fear is it indecision then let me ask you like elijah asked how long halt you between two opinions how long are you going to stay there as joshua said choose you this day whom you will serve if it's indecision just choose is it a lack of concern maybe you don't see the need Maybe you don't see the weight, the urgency of the mission. talked about that last week. We're going to talk about it again next week. There's a weight. There's an urgency. Is it a lack of information? Well, we have the Word of God that shows us who God is and what God wants us to do and where He wants us to go. Is it lack of information? Get into the Word of God and seek Him. He will guide you into all truth. He will show you what you need to know and what you need to do. No matter what your excuse is, I feel like God has an answer for it. So this morning, very simply, very quickly, will you decide no more hesitation? No more halting between two opinions. No more being stuck in the mud. And being indecisive. No more looking back as to what it could have been or should have been. No more looking back but looking forward. Focusing on the prize And we're going to talk about. Actually in our small groups in Philippians. Paul said, I press toward the mark. Forgetting those things which are behind. I'm looking forward. I'm moving forward. I'm pressing toward that mark. I'm keeping my eyes on the prize. As we finish this chapter, we're going to move into chapter 10 next week and we'll be done. But as we finish this chapter, I want to ask you, will you commit to having no more
0: casual Christianity? No
1: more casual soldier no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. No more casual soldier. Let me ask you this. Will you say, no more caring about the things of this earth? No more caring about all of the petty little things, but I'm going to keep my eyes in heaven. And then would you say, no more craving? Comfort. Again, as we talked about last week, maybe you didn't catch this part or maybe you weren't here. But that doesn't mean you have to get rid of your children. As much fun as that would be. That doesn't mean you have to get rid of your house. It doesn't mean you have to get rid of your car that doesn't mean you have to get rid of your friends that, means, that doesn't mean you have to sell everything that you have you can never go out to eat again you can never do anything fun again no that doesn't mean that. What it means is that in every one of those things you're following Him. In every one of those things you're seeking Him. In every one of those things you're promoting Him. In every one of those things you care more about Him than you do yourself Because every one of us has to live a life. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last.
0: My challenge is pretty simple. Will you just all out follow Jesus? All out. Will you decide now?
1: To follow Jesus. There's an old song. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. The world behind me. Guess what's before me? The cross before me. No turning back. No turning back. And at the end of the song, the last verse says, will you decide now? And so I offer you the same challenge. Will you decide to all out follow Jesus let's pray father thank you so much for this day for all you've done for us what a great privilege it is to follow you may we never push that privilege aside father as we come to you today I pray that your will would be accomplished I pray that we would decide to follow you
0: in everything that we do everything that we do that your will would be accomplished in our lives
1: That we would be disciples of you. Father, if there's one here today that does not know you, that has never been introduced to a relationship with you, then Father, I pray that today would be that day. They would realize what you did for them, that you died on the cross for their sins. I pray that we'd be able to help with that.